coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts, we are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler with Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Fellas, how are we doing this fine week, Matt? I'm, I'm doing great, man. It's, uh, we got a startup auction going. We yeah. had a, lot of, a blast with that. Uh, very creative leave, Dan, so thanks for putting that together uh, i got a birthday weekend coming up gonna go up in the mountains and just kind of get away from stuff uh, we'll see how that <laughs> coincides with the startup auction and how much i can pay attention to that uh, for those couple days but yeah life's good man yeah life's real good i'm a i'm a milwaukee bucks fan so life life's oh, real, yeah. real real good. good bucks and six baby that was so much fun nothing can ruin this mood for me Giannis is so good man uh, that means yeah. you're a packers <laughs> fan also, Thanks. Though, so. nothing nothing can rain on this parade you know, high, highs and lows are, are going to kind of be the theme of, oh, our, well of our show today. To. So that's, that's, a, that's a perfect start. <laughs> nice perfect segue, start. for sure. We are going to do highs and lows. Uh, a little bit of a high risk, high reward. The players that we think can blow up and take off for your fantasy team or could blow up in your face and suddenly you got egg on it. So that's the, that's the idea this week. We're all going to present at least a couple players that we think – uh, present that that big reward, that opportunity for that, but also quite a bit of risk. So um, let's jump right into it, guys. There's lots of news, I would say. You know, training camp's just a just a handful of days away now. We're we're getting we're inching closer anyway, and there's little tidbits popping up here and there. So the first guy I want to really mention, and it, I'm going to cheat just a little bit, guys. Uh, and pick two players, and they come from Matt, our favorite team. It's Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. It's probably taking the easy way out because when you think high risk, high reward, well, well, the biggest risk is your guy not being available, not coming out and, and, and showing up on the field. And while Rodgers is, is sitting down in, in the quarterback two range of our ADP at quarterback 14 and 112 overall, his value, Ryan, completely uh, or completely is is uh, attached to all the other playmakers there in Green Bay. I think it's fair to say that most dynasty managers are looking at that roster, saying, "Wow, that's a that's big reward if Rodgers is there, but maybe a lot of risk if he's not." Yeah, certainly, and and we'll talk about a couple players kind of in this situation where if we know the player is going to be on the field. There really is no risk, right? I mean, Rodgers is is quarterback 14 in our ADP. Uh, if he plays this year, uh, and, and really if he plays for the Packers this year, there's no risk in, in that uh, that value range or, or choosing him in that uh, in that spot. But that's that's really the unknown, and, and you're totally right because of uh, the position he plays and the importance of. Uh, of him specifically on that team. I mean, it affects Devonte Adams and, and everybody else. And, and, you know, we've talked so long about the Packers not having a wide receiver too, or not really using their tight end effectively. Um, even with those things kind of in the back of my mind, I still look at most of these other teams that are being rumored as, as possible destinations and think, that would probably be a downgrade. So if if there is ultimately a trade of Rodgers to one of these other teams, I don't know that that's such a good thing for him. Um, so yeah, certainly a, a lot of risk in that he he may not even you know be on the field. He might be hosting Jeopardy and and the obvious reward of of 
potentially another quarterback yeah, one Yeah, quarterback season, one overall. So that's the big high reward, the risk that you outlined perfectly. What I want to talk to you, Matt, about is all those other uh, – other options on the team, all the other uh, position players, really, mainly Devontae Adams. And there was news coming into the weekend that that now Adams has broke off discussions with the Packers and the Packers didn't offer him wide receiver one overall type money in a new contract extension. There's, There's a lot of whispers and there's a lot of talk surrounding the Green Bay Packers. And maybe it maybe it surrounds more of those players and more pieces of that offense. But specifically with Adams, you're you're kind of rocking a hard place. He's in his late 20s now, coming off that magical season in 2020, tied to Aaron Rodgers. So on top of the Rodgers drama that's happening and the unknowns there, we also have the long-term unknowns with Devontae Adams. So he presents maybe a little bit different, but certainly a high-risk, high-reward type of situation for, for Devontae. Yeah, I mean, he prevents a high risk reward situation, I think, in, in multiple aspects, whether we're talking about on the field production, clearly, he's going to take a downtick with Jordan Love. I mean, I don't, I don't think I don't think we're at risk of Devonte Adams not playing in 2021. I think we can take that risk probably off the table. Um, but, uh, you know, with Jordan Love, who knows what we get there? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think I'm the, the least excited about seeing what Jordan Love can do uh, for the Packers. Uh, So with him, I think he's going to be fine because he'll be a target hog. So he's going to get the volume. So he's probably going to be fine. Although, you know, I don't think we're going to necessarily get a wide receiver one overall kind of season with that combination. Uh, And then from a dynasty's perspective, I mean, he's a risk already anyway, because he's, you know, 28, 29, 28 years old, 29 soon, I think somewhere uh, middle of the season or towards the end of the season. And then you have a risk of that, that value just plummeting. We've talked about what's happened to Julio Jones value over the last couple of years. We've talked about uh, how uh, DeAndre Hopkins seems to be on a similar path, you know, a, a top five-ish wide receiver in ADP last season down to 10 this year and probably closer to 20 like uh, like like Julio is facing right now, uh, right? So uh, lots of risks there. Uh, I, I think the reward is obviously still there too. You know, this could all be like we were talking about before, Dan, before recording, that this is maybe all overblown and everything's going to be fine once we get to week one. Maybe we have to stress out all the way to until week one. Um, so the reward aspect is certainly there uh, but the risk at this point I think for both players uh, are probably ones I'm not going to take on if I'm in a startup draft it feels to me guys like this dark cloud is going to loom over Green Bay uh, into the season even if Rodgers does return even if Adams and and Aaron are on the field together I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is the kind of guy that just buries the hatchet and lets go play for the next two or three years. I think this, is, even if he returns and he's on the field, there's going to be answers that are going to be needed needed to be given at some point, and that might not even come till the following off season. So, uh, I guess the last thing we need to do before moving on to the next player or, or even group of players, since I cheated, guys, is decide: Are we willing to take the risk? For the reward, Ryan, is are these guys guys that you're willing to invest in at their current price? I would invest in Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm still, you know, I won't pretend to know what's going to happen or really to have any idea what team he plays for in 2021. But I do think he he will play. He will be on the field for some team. And we talked about that quarterback 14 price. The uh, the cost in trade is is. Certainly not outrageous for Rodgers, especially in one quarterback leagues. Uh, so I would, uh, I'd be investing in Rodgers, but not Adams. Uh, Matt talked about the age. He's still top five, top six wide receiver in our ADP. And uh, I would just choose a younger option. And if you're uh, going to sell point. Adams, you might wait until the day Aaron Rodgers pops into camp and he's throwing passes to him. That might be the time to do that. Matt, how about you? Are you buying or selling with these guys? I mean, if I have them, I'm not probably not selling i just don't think you're going to get the value so i'm going to hold and look count on some kind of production from that standpoint but in a new startup draft i'm not probably touching either of these guys and uh, you mentioned quarterback 14 for rogers that's in the one quarterback format and Superflex uh last month he was actually quarterback 11 uh you know in the early third round into the second round uh and you know there's just too many other good players in that range that i'm willing to risk on that we saw last season with probably uh, I would say, I mean, I don't know, maybe he could have a better season than last season. I'm not sure, but that touchdown rate was certainly unsustainable, uh, over the next few seasons. And, 
you know, even even with that, even with leading the league uh, in, in in a lot of stack categories, he still couldn't get to quarterback one overall because he just doesn't provide that rushing floor for us. Now, if you're going to get him for a quarterback two price uh, and you know count on you know top ten production uh, from that standpoint, even in quote in a quote unquote down year, if he has one of those, uh, then that's fine. But in terms of a quarterback one, like there's no way I'm paying those prices even at quarterback eleven, twelve in that range, just because he's not going to offer you that same upside that you could get by just paying a little bit more for a quarterback that can do some stuff with his legs sure i'm uh i'm, I'm kind of with ryan here I'm, I'm willing to pay for rogers i'm willing to add him on a dynasty roster if somebody's gonna give any kind of discount because of all the question marks surrounding him or because of his age but when it comes to adams and i have him on a lot of teams i'd be looking for the right deal to get out if it did present itself Matt, there's another player that's been in the news over the last week or so that we definitely need to talk about, and it fits perfectly into our high-risk, high-reward theme. Yeah, it's a this is a really sad one. <laughs> yeah, know, just, certainly. It's just it's just it's just a bummer. Like Cam Akers, 22 years old, and you know his career is is, is potentially over. I think there's a lot of optimism surrounding him right now uh but we have seen exactly zero running backs come back and be successful after uh, an achilles injury so marlon mack is going to be maybe the closest test uh, at least in recent memory this season if, if he gets an opportunity to to get on the field behind jonathan taylor um and you know maybe maybe youth and medical advancement and science is, is going to change that for him but uh i just don't know i just don't think that uh, that I, he's somebody i'm going to be invest especially currently right now at, at running back eight prices overall in the first round in one quarterback leagues or near the first round in one quarterback leagues um so I, I, that's obviously going to fall um but the flip side of that is is uh as da, uh daryl henderson right um you know is he it, can he be a, a legitimate uh, uh running back two for us like with with running back one weeks it's just it's it's tough to invest in the price that i think it is and we don't have new ADP on these guys yet but if I'm going to take a guess on it I'm going to say he's going to start going in the fourth fifth round somewhere like that and uh in one quarterback leagues maybe the sixth seventh uh in in, in super flex leagues and I just don't know like he's he, he's kind of in the same bucket as guys like Miles Gaskin Mike Davis uh guys that we think are probably going to be productive this year but the the, the, the risk for him is that he has one good season and then he goes either back to the bench or just go back to like a, a, a kind of a reduced role. And that could even happen uh, before this, this podcast gets released. Honestly, if, if one of these free agents uh, happen, if one of the Melvin Gordon rumors works out and he comes over, if, you know, if one of the Tampa Bay Buck running backs ended up over here, you know, there's a the chance that, that by the time even this is released, that uh, the price you've paid for Henderson is too much. That said, uh, if I am going to be in on Henderson, then I'm, I'm going to pay a second round pick and I'm not sure there's too many of those options right now and I don't really want to sell him for if I'm a contender I don't really want to sell him for anything less than like a late first round pick Uh, I'm not sure how many of those deals are out there uh, either so you might be stuck with those guys and in terms of acres I think I'm just not going to buy it all at whatever the price is I mean if I can get him for a second round pick maybe but I'm not paying any first round picks for acres at this point that's pretty much where I am with both of those guys Matt um, acres uh, I would be selling uh, would, any first, would sell yeah, for any, any first, first rounder. Um, and, and as far as Henderson goes, I mean, I like the player. I've got a, uh, I've got him on a few of my teams already, but when it comes to trade value right now, which is really what people want to know, because, you know, this guy landed on your roster uh, a couple of years ago in, in the second round of a rookie draft, or you grabbed him late in a startup or whatever. And now you feel like you've, you've struck gold. I agree. I would not sell him for a second. The, the upside, just just the unknown, is is too high there. Um, but I've seen people paying first, which I I think is is crazy. I would not give a first rounder for him at all. So for me, he's just one of those uh, players right now that's kind of in no man's land when it comes to trades. I don't think I would even take two second rounders for him. Um, so there's, I mean, you know, even. Uh, there's a middle ground there somewhere. I, I just don't know. Where even if, even if it's an unattractive running back, like let's say Todd Gurley comes back cause he knows the system and all that stuff. Like he's going to take touches away from, from Henderson. Right. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's really weird. It's almost like, I think with both of these players, I'm selling for any first and buying for probably uh, any contender. I'm probably buying for any second. Henderson's a really interesting case study because he was there first, right? We saw him for a year before Akers was brought in, but Gurley was having that last run with the Rams that year. 
Henderson rarely got on the field. I think he missed some games even, but he only averaged 3.8 yards per carry on limited attempts and really wasn't that big of a of an impact player. Didn't didn't make much many uh many big plays. Then we all forgot about him a little bit when they picked Akers. They 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 moved on, of course, from Gurley, picked Akers, and everybody thought, well, Henderson must not be that good if they're willing to spend that high second round, but their first pick in that draft, spend it on Akers and make him the guy after after letting Gurley go. So he's he's gone or he's he shouldn't be forgotten, is the point here. You know, he really didn't get a get a good run in his first year. He played limited snaps really in his second year because Akers is so good on 138 attempts he averaged four and a half yards per carry so significantly better in his second year I think there's a lot of upside when it comes to Henderson and just because Akers was selected um, doesn't and so highly doesn't mean that the Rams don't think they have something in Henderson and don't think that they can give him the ball uh, and and really feature him in the offense. So and, I I'm closer to buying than I am selling. But you guys mentioned Ryan, you put it perfectly. There's a middle ground. We don't know exactly where it is, and we need to find that probably before the season starts. Especially if you're if you've been holding on to Henderson for two years after picking him in a rookie draft a couple of years ago and kind of wasting a roster spot. You need to find the opportune time to move on, or if you're in the right situation, capitalize, use him for this season, put him in your lineup, and reap the reward. Really, and we have to remember. If if you drafted Daryl Henderson during his rookies in your rookie draft, like you might have been paying like the one oh six. Remember right. the hype got crazy on Daryl Henderson for Especially a while. Especially late so in the if, off season. Yeah. yeah. And if you have a chance now, two years later, to recoup that first round pick, I, I just think you have to do that. I think you're right. I I think you are. But but there there are situations, right, Matt? We gotta if, if we're contenders and we're looking at a raw, especially in a league where, that that requires multiple running backs in your starting lineup, that, that you can add flexes, that you're ten deep in your starting lineup. You have to give your roster a really firm look, decide if you're truly a contender because Henderson could be one of those guys that comes from nowhere and wins people titles. I I agree with you. I just I just I'm so worried that someone else is coming in and sure. gonna. It's gonna gonna ruin that, but I, I do have him in a certain vampire league, and I'm excited to to have him there. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the for the purpose of making a decision, and and Matt, you said we don't have updated ADP on these guys yet. I I would expect the price to be somewhere around that that running back dead zone that we've talked about on here, uh, which is the late RB2s, high-end RB3s. We're talking uh, David Montgomery, Trey Sermon, Kareem Hunt, Chris Carson. Those guys are going anywhere from mid-third round to late fifth round. That's where I think That's where I think he settles. So if that's the ADP, if the cost is a late first rounder to buy, do we see the risk or do we, are we on the I risk? I all of the those guys over him, though, because they have – I mean, I don't know. Maybe can we consider that Henderson has a locked in top role? I just, I don't know. Even David Montgomery, I want over. That's where the risk is. You're teeter tottering (laughs) on that risk reward, right? I'm not taking, I'm out. I'm not taking him. I'm out. You're out. I, I'm out. I think Same. I might that, be in. in a startup. I, I love startup. that Rams offense. I love the coaching staff. I love that Stafford is there now, and I, I know he doesn't check down quite as much as some other quarterbacks and all that that whole narrative. But man, I can I can just see it happening for Henderson in in year three. Well, that's the other I thing want him I, over I, Chris I Carson. To bring I want the upside of the blow up season over a guy like Chris Carson, and he was mentioned there when Stafford. When Stafford was traded to the Rams, there was there was a a brief stint where the community right. was worried about Cam Akers because Stafford, you know, hasn't been good for running backs is is the story. And part of that is the Lions have been terrible at finding running backs. You know, the Mikel LaShore had the same injury that Cam Akers now has. Wait, so, wait a minute. Um, Did you just say it's Stafford's fault? <laughs> I, I think it might be. I, I see a connection here. No, but if if there's any truth to that, and I don't really think there is, but if we're worried about Stafford's about what Stafford was going to do to Cam Akers, then we should certainly be worried about what he's going to do to a lesser talent. Yeah, all they're going to do Henderson. is bring in one of them vets, one of those names that Matt 
brought up. Maybe they find somebody that, that Tampa Bay casts off or something like that or one of those teams. I, I'm just not that – I think it's Henderson's – he gets the first, second, and third shot, and I think he's going to run with it. I'm I'm okay investing if those are the prices. Yeah. You would pay a no, late first five. I would trade. I would I would pay, I would pay like the two oh two, two oh three right in there. <laughs> oh man. I'm I'm I, I'm trying to ride the fence a little bit here, Ryan. <laughs> okay, Daryl Henderson or Michael Carter. If you've Carter. got a late rookie uh, draft. No, I'm on Henderson, I think. I'll take I want Henderson over sure. Carter. So yeah, that that probably is two hundred two. Maybe maybe a little higher. Maybe all right, maybe Ryan. You have first. a you have a slam dunk high risk high reward guy as well. In fact, he's the name. If you're not thinking about like like odd issues or maybe unique issues that are going on, the Aaron Rodgers saga, the Acres random injury in the off off season, there is one high risk high reward. Uh, player out there that really really glows and shines as as could could carry you to a championship and could blow up in your face yeah and i've 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 been thinking about this player all off season and and really this is where this <laughs> this topic for our show came from because i I just can't decide what's gonna i'm happen I'm hoping one of you guys can talk me and, into which side to be in <laughs> I, I don't know. So I was going to say the same. Um, we did our 2022 Superflex draft uh, a couple episodes ago. We did, I believe we did three rounds and quarterbacks were flying off the board. We drafted, I think, 10 quarterbacks in the first round, nine or 10. And we didn't draft Jalen Hurts in any of those three rounds. And I said on that show, a year from now, we could look like fools. And, and what I told that you guys again, off right. the airs, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm in the group as well. Um, what I told you guys before we started was, if you tell me the story that Hertz has a breakout year and he continues uh, where he left off last year in, in those that three-game stretch where he averaged over 30 fantasy points per game and he's a top-five dynasty quarterback, like I would just – shake my head and and believe that that that's that's plausible to me but then you factor in his his accuracy issues and just his his skills as a passer in general uh the limited weapons and and unproven weapons they have in philadelphia the deshaun watson trade rumors that are popping up over the past few days and obviously those are all negatives for for hurts so i I would believe a, a a story telling me that he gets benched and never starts another NFL game again. Like that's also an option. I don't know what to do with Hertz, but the price is tough to pay. He's quarterback twelve, so he's he's being drafted as a quarterback one already. Um, and looking at some of the names behind him, including Aaron Rodgers, who we already talked about, it's just tough for me to pay that price. Uh, the trade value in, in superflex leagues is tough as well. Ultimately, I think I'm just staying away because I really don't know what to do. And and honestly, I don't trust that Philadelphia mm. offense at all. Good points, Matt. I, I'm going to disagree. I, I think that his price is is kind of right. I think it's it's not – I think the risk of, of him not starting is a little bit baked in. I know he's a quarterback one by definition at quarterback 12. But the guys after coming in after him, it's not like – I mean, I'm not that excited. I, th- I think people are really excited by Ryan Tannehill this year, but he's got 10 years on Ryan Tannehill. Uh, a guy we're going to talk about later is on this list and has a, certainly has a lot more risk than him, I think, right now. Uh, Rodgers is old. Stafford is, you know, not not necessarily old, but feels old. Uh, I think Tua p- probably has an argument to be a- ahead of him or at least in the same range of him, but he's all the way down at quarterback 17. Uh, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield, who we think is probably solid, at least in terms of his starting role, but certainly doesn't have the ups- upside, I think think of Hertz. So I think I think if we knew for a fact that Hertz was going to be the starter long term for Philly, I think he would be up in that quarterback 5 6 7 8 range, you know, maybe maybe behind Lawrence ahead of Russell Wilson, maybe ahead, maybe just uh, just behind Joe Burrow, those guys maybe just just uh, a- ahead of the rookies, I'm not sure, but I just think that that the upside is not necessarily baked in, but the risk is baked into that that price tag when you look at 
those those older players uh, that are coming after him. And they've invested in the offense with bringing in Devonta Smith. Have, say whatever you want about him, but you know, obviously a very good receiver in college. And they they brought in another weapon for him. They invested in, in a guy, another guy last year that didn't really work out uh, at least in his rookie season in Jalen Rager. But we still like him as a talent. So uh, I don't know. They they seem to be a team that likes to keep the offensive line fa- fairly healthy, or not maybe not healthy, but uh, fairly uh, robust. I would say. Um, so if he performs well this year, then I think he's he's going to be the guy because you have that quarterback on a rookie salary, and that's the, the cheat code in the NFL these days. It is the cheat code, and I, I completely agree with everything you said, but but I continue to feel in the back of my head like, oh, maybe not. You know, he had the run, and things worked out, and, you know, he was running around like 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 – like he was on fire in that backfield at times. That offensive line was was Swiss cheese Injury at best, though. you know. Really, Injuries, though. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just, I think, you know, we all, we all as as fantasy players, we fall in love with that that rushing quarterback, that guy that can provide not only the floor that the rushing provides, but also that upside, the big big reward, the potential. And Hertz just bleeds that through and through. I I remember a year and a half ago we were all we were on this podcast guys talking about Jalen Hurts and how he had this upside but it was so raw and there was there were so many maybe not red flags but pink flags things that things that make us think you know maybe that doesn't look like an NFL quarterback and your mind just doesn't change on that those things like that in four starts or five starts or whatever he had so I you know I'm. I'm a little bit concerned that we got we we were smitten. We fell in love too fast on Jalen Hurts and Ryan. Your final point that you made rings through and through that trusting that Eagles franchise right now, that front office, that ownership group, all those things. That is a risky proposition. So I lean towards the the high risk as well. I'm not willing to buy now. If you if you had him, if you if you got him for cheap in a super flex or even a one quarterback league, and and you're willing to to roll the dice and see what happens, that that high end quarterback one upside certainly is there. Yeah, um, I mean he's 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 really the kind of the theme of the show for me because I I really could see it going either way. But as I said, ultimately I'm staying away because the price is already too high. We we saw him for three games, three honestly elite games, but I definitely don't expect that to continue or, or really anything close to it. Uh, Matt, I get your point that most of the guys behind him are those older quarterbacks. He, but, I mean, he could easily – like he could give us six more starts and that's it, right? I mean – or, or if they trade for Deshaun Watson, he gives us one year, and then Watson's the guy, or, or maybe, maybe less than that. I don't know. There, there's, there's an easy story to tell that Tannehill or Stafford or Matt Ryan or Aaron Rodgers all play much longer than than Jalen Hurts from here on. I think those are all. Those are all. I think those, all those things could happen. I just think that the price right now, especially in a one quarterback league where it's so hard to find a difference maker at the quarterback position, he's the literally the last one you're going to find that provides any rushing. He's the cheapest one that provides any rushing upside. Uh, the, the rest of the guys are all in the top ten. Or and I mean, I, I guess. I don't know how his value is necessarily uh, in when you compare him to the rookie guys, Trey Lance and, and Justin Fields. I think they're probably more expensive than he is. Uh, but if not, he's right in that range as like the last guy that you can really get, I think, with uh, some, some real rushing production. Yeah, those, so. you know, that's what makes him scary. That That's what makes him the highlight of the show, really, the high-risk, high-reward player, is that, that that reward is super high. And the risk, I, I, I believe Ryan, I think there's a chance that he disappears faster than he appeared, really, which is which is a scary proposition when you're talking about what what we have to invest in a player at this point in the process. 
let's jump back. Um, let's try to get through a few more players, guys. Uh, another player that I wanted to bring up in this whole situation is Irv Smith Jr. Now, right now, he's just outside the tight end ones. He's at tight end 13 in our most recent DLF ADP, 131 overall. So the investment still isn't that large. But if you're like, I think most of us, all three of us probably, you, you like to wait on the tight end, right? We, we, try to, we try to throw a bunch of darts at the dartboard in those middle to late rounds and try to, try to cash in. And I think Irv Smith, you know, he's been a target of mine for the last couple of years, a guy that I think has that kind of upside to, to take a leap. We're, we're, we're going into year three now, the year that we see tight ends typically make that jump. And now with Rudolph gone, his opportunity should be great. He should be on the field all the time. He should certainly be on the field for all those passing sets. And he should be a bigger red zone threat than he even has been the last couple of years. Now, over those two seasons, guys, he, he has 66 catches. He's caught seven touchdowns, and he certainly flashed. I can remember a goal line play, the one-handed catch, leaping over the defender. Those are the kind of things that we think of when we think of his upside. In an offense already including an elite running back and two high-end wide receivers, Irv Smith Jr.'s name is at least third and maybe even fourth on, fourth on the pecking order in Minnesota. So I think there's a lot that are, a lot of dynasty managers that are like me that are thinking now is the time to buy into Irv Smith Jr. before his value rises because that could happen as soon as this preseason, maybe week one or week two of the regular season, Ryan. Irv Smith Jr. is a guy that so many of us are investing in and we're really not that sure about him despite the the confidence that we try to have with him. Yeah, this this was a tough one for me because like you said he he has been kind of a favorite. He's been that that player we expect to break out and uh and we've seen flashes. I mean over his his past 2 years he has uh, slowly chipped away at, at Kyle Rudolph's production and and really his his role and workload overall. So those feel like positives uh, once you factor in that Rudolph's not on this team anymore. But the Vikings use two tight end sets so often. Um, so while while Smith might be the one A, I think um, I think Tyler Conklin is probably the one B. And it's it's not like Smith is suddenly going to get all of his numbers plus Rudolph's. That's not going to happen. And then I also think about the the uh, the idea that Matt likes to share so often, which is a good one. That um, not, <laughs> not a knock, Matt. That that a, a tight end to really be uh, an, a difference maker in fantasy needs to be a top two option. And uh, Adam Thielen is, is definitely slowing down, but he's not done yet. Um, Irv Smith is not going to be the second option on this team in 2021, uh, barring a, a bad injury for one of those top wide receivers. So uh, I, I still like Irv Smith. The price, like you said, 11th round. He was one of the guys we, we featured last in last week's show uh, is, is not detrimental yet. It, it's not too scary. Um, but as, as his value continues to grow, it could reach that point. Uh, because of that 11th round, I'm still in, but I'm I'm not looking at him as a slam dunk. Yeah, I'm in the same area. I mean, his price has actually fallen a little bit from a couple of months ago by about 30 picks, three, a little bit less than three rounds or so. Uh, so I think the hype was – and then we got the Tyler Conklin news. I think people started to realize, you know, he's still – He's still not going to be a top option in that offense. Um, the tups, I think he's going to need to have a high touchdown output to really pay off his current price tag. Um, but, I mean, so is everybody else in that range, right? There's a couple of guys I think I could look at and say that I would maybe have rather uh, over Irv Smith in that tight end, end of, and basically end of the tight end one range, early tight end two. Uh, I would rather have Tyler Higby than him, who, who's going about a round later. I would probably rather have John Smith than him, who's probably going to be the top option and that option and that offense you know we don't know what that's really worth yet if we're counting on what we got last year from the new england offense but there are guys after him that i would i would i would you know assume just assume rather have those guys not necessarily rather have them but at the considering the price you know if i can wait a couple more rounds pick up another wide receiver or two in that range uh as some depth and still get somebody uh, a high upside tight end a little bit later then that's probably something i'm gonna do um i think the problem with him if you already have him is is 
I mean, if you, are you, I mean, I guess you could sell him for a second round pick, but I don't know what the real point of that is because anybody you get in that range is going to cost about about the same. You're probably not getting a first round pick. If you are, I'm, I'm taking that uh, absolutely. Um, but you know, he's he's a player that I really like, and he's only 22 years old. He's actually the same, I think, the same age as Pat Fryermuth, who's coming in as a rookie this year. So uh, I think there's still. Uh, I think there, he's, he's probably going to drop in value a little bit. Maybe you can get a little bit of a discount if you wait a little, maybe a year or two. Yeah, that second-round price tag, we've seen that a few times in the last couple of weeks. I was just looking at the trade finder guys, and you get you got to always take these trades with a grain of salt. You know, uh, In the last 10 or 12 days, twice in single quarterback leagues, he's been traded for a mid-second-round pick uh, in upcoming drafts here, here just that, that haven't drafted rookies just yet. And then twice in the last ten days, guys, for a twenty twenty three first round pick. Wow, so I'm that, all I'm taking the first. 100%. That shows the that that people are all over the place when it comes to Irv Smith. There's a lot of people expecting that breakout. Also in Superflex League, two trades to mention: one straight up for Taysom Hill. That's intriguing for sure, right? If you if you want to get your hands on a tight end with some upside, Taysom Hill isn't a high price to pay. Uh, and then one straight up for Rondale Moore. So it's you're kind of. You're all over the place when it comes to value. If you're giving up Rondale Moore, no matter what the settings are, you are expecting a top six or seven production from Irv Smith Jr. At least it seems that way to me. Uh, let's move on to the next guy on the list before we take a quick break. Ryan, is there somebody else we want to highlight here? Yeah, I'm just I'm a little worried about Brandon Ayuk. Uh, and he seems to be one of those darlings of, of the dynasty community this offseason i i get it uh i was i was so impressed by his rookie season last year uh, but I, I really think that came in large part because he was the top option for for the 49ers debo samuel missed nine games george kittle missed eight games essentially he was he was the kind of the last man standing and uh, unless we're assuming that that those two players specifically are are going to miss a lot more time. Maybe maybe that's a safe assumption with Debo. But uh, unless we're assuming those guys are going to be out of the lineup again, I don't know that we can we can expect Ayut um, to pay off that that wide receiver two price tag where he's currently being drafted. Matt, what are your thoughts with Ayuk? You're, are you are you thinking he qualifies as this high risk, high reward type player? Or, or are you are you on one side or the other? I I I don't have any Iuke, and I'm probably not going to buy any for the reasons that Ryan said. I I like the player just fine. I just don't trust that offense to really f- uh, feature anyone, and that goes to another guy on my list um, going forward. I just I don't I just don't know like if because if it, how much we like Trey Lance, right? I think it's all all kind of comes back to him uh, and where are the targets going to go and how much of how many how many times is is uh Trey Lance going to run the ball right so uh i just i don't know the whole offense is really confusing to me i think if you can pick the right guy there's profit to be made but for me uh, at the cost of iuk uh you're not getting him for less than like a mid first round pick if 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 you were still doing rookie drafts this season me i mean i don't think you're getting going to have to going to get to pay much less than that for him uh and with the uncertainty with the offense both in terms of the frequency of, or excuse me the number of targets and the new quarterback coming in and how that offense is going to run through that new young quarterback uh it's just too much for me to pay that that kind of uh, expensive mid first price i think at this point yeah, the the price tag is a little bit high, right? We're we're. I'd rather have Debo. I'd rather have Debo. He's a similar player. Obviously, I don't think as polished as as IU, but he's going to play a similar role, right? He's going to play that yak role. So, and he and he's way cheaper. Yeah, Debo's down at wide receiver thirty nine. Um, I mean, Matt, you you talked about it with Trey Lance there. Of course, we we all three really like Trey Lance quite a bit. We've talked about him a lot on on this show over the past couple months. Uh, we we love that offense and and uh, what the coaching staff can do there. So yeah, that's an offense that we want pieces of. But the IU price tag I think has just gotten out of control. He's wide receiver nineteen right now. He's above uh, T Higgins, Chase Claypool, Jerry Judy, Deontay Johnson, um, some some reliable guys like Robert Woods. I just think it's it's a little too high, uh, and and I don't know that he's he's it's going to get like- it off. It's almost like if you don't think he's going to be 
be able to finish as a wide receiver one and that uh, you know a top 12 wide receiver from a season-long output like it just doesn't seem to like it makes much sense to invest in that right now i think he's more likely to decrease in value than he is to increase in value I think that's probably fair to say, and and the the main part about it is, on top of all that, there's the other weapons that are already in place in San Francisco. There's the fact that one of those weapons are almost a carbon copy or cookie cutter image of what Ayuk does at his best. So, you know, the uh, my my uh, you know didn't graduate college brain kind of tells me that if there's two that are sharing one role, that's probably not good for either one of them unless one of them are off the field. And yeah. and if we're taking one of them off the field, that probably means that there's a chance that it's Ayuk. So I, I'm with you guys. I'm, I think it's a little bit more risk than reward when you consider the price. I I really feel like if if you're going to invest in that offense, and there, there are certainly places that you can do it, I'd just rather inv- invest somewhere else other than a – than a than in a spot where there's two players that have to carve out their their role with and there's only one to give out. Yeah, and and I don't I feel like I brushed over the the pros with Ayuk. I mean, these players are showing up on this episode today because we really could see it going either way and and obviously uh I mean, Ayuk did did step up as the wide receiver one. We've seen we've seen players over the years who have that opportunity and didn't capitalize on it. You know, Cortland Sutton comes to mind. Uh, injuries in front of him as a rookie gave him the option, to, uh, the opportunity to be the wide receiver one, and and he didn't really do much with it. So um, I don't want to to skip over that. I took advantage of it. He put up huge numbers when Kittle and Debo were out of the lineup. Obviously he's young. He's 23 years old still. He's got the draft capital. He's in an offense. We love, we, we think they upgraded at quarterback. So there's, there's plenty of reasons to be on board. If, if I drafted him with the two Oh three last year, I'm, yeah. I'm very happy with, with what I've got. Um, he's not a player I'm, I'm scared of. I just think the price yeah, is for investing. We're, we're not really in love with, with paying that price. If you, like you said, if you got him in the second round last year, though, you're just fine holding on to him and, and plug it in oh, into yeah. your lineup. Really? Uh, that kind of leads to Matt's next choice for a high risk, high reward player. But before we get to that, we should mention, guys, I'm thrilled. Once again, this year, DLF, we are partnering up with Monkey Knife Fight, my favorite DFS site out there. Uh, Daily Fantasy Sports for everybody. Their their new slogan, Daily Fantasy Sports for the rest of us. So even if you've played those DFS games in the past, uh, your your monkey knife fight experience is going to be so much different. No more competing against professional players or rooking, working through all those salary caps and things like that. With monkey knife fight, you're going to choose from these unique games that they feature, the easy-to-play games, uh, including that super popular more or less contest. I play them all the time. They simply tell you a statistic that they think is the median for a player. Really, you're picking... Over, over or under, more or less yards, more or less uh, touchdowns, whatever it might be, and you pick higher or lower. And if you predict it correctly, you're going to win. You're going to win real money and real fast. You can also play other major sports as well as golf, UFC, NASCAR, and more. Sign up for a new account with Monkey Knife Fight with a first-time deposit, and you're going to receive, get this, guys, a free year of DLF Premium. We all love DLF. We, we, we visit regularly. How about we get it for free just for putting a few bucks into Monkey Knife Fight and trying something new? On top of it, guys, they're going to match that Monkey Knife Fight deposit. So if you put $10 in there, you're going to get a free $10 to play with. That sounds like so much fun. All you got to do is put, up, put in the promo code DLF. F. That's it. Um, your DLF subscription is going to be active within 36 hours. It can it can also, guys, if you're already a subscriber, we're just going to tack on that extra extra year. So go log into DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Click on the image for Monkey Knife Fight. Follow the instructions. It's that easy. You get free money. You get to play a fun game. And you get more DLF for free. Go check out Monkey Knife Fight right now. Matt, we teased it. He mentioned Ayuk. Is there another 49er that you're concerned about? Yeah, it's George Kittle. And I, I think concern is maybe too high. I just maybe too strong of a word, but it just, I don't, it's, it's much of the same reasons we talked about with Ayuk. Uh, when, 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 um, George Kittle broke out a couple of years ago, 
I mean, he the, the quarterback uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, who uh, C.J. Beathard, Nick Mullins, those guys uh, were throwing the ball, and they had no one else to throw the ball to. They had Kittle, and they had Dante Pettis, they had Marquise Goodwin, they had the Trent, the Trent Taylor, Dante Pettis, Kendrick Bourne, all, uh, Richie James. You know, some of these guys we still like, but these are not targets uh, that are going to take any volume away from George Kittle. Now we have Debo Samuels, and, and Kittle did produce pretty well with Debo, but remember Debo was hurt um, a, a decent amount that his rookie season as well, I believe. Um, so now they have three good targets there. They have a quarterback that might be running more than he's – maybe not, not running more than he's throwing, but running a larger percentage of the time uh, than past quarterbacks uh, – that Kittle has played with. Um, we have uh, a, a, a new a new back with uh, Trey Sermon that's there, and is, is you know is a decent pass catcher as well. So I just think that the number of quality targets that has risen, and I don't necessarily like to make the the um, the, the, the too many mouths to feed argument, but with a rookie quarterback, he's going to lock onto one guy. Maybe it's Kittle, maybe it's not. And I just think based on his price at, at tight end two, I think right now overall behind uh, Kelsey. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, but I'd just rather have other guys in that range if I want to. Uh, I mean, really, I want Kyle Pitts. We, we we all know that. But I might even just for two for if I had a two season outlook on my on my team if I was a contender, I would still probably rather have Kelsey. I would I would probably rather have Waller at this point just because he is the you know the de facto one in that offense. I don't think anyone's going to take targets away from from Darren Waller. So it's really again just a matter of price and the players that are going around with him and then his situation. While it has been upgraded. Uh, in terms of surrounding cast, I just don't know with if the volume is necessarily still going to be as high as it has been in previous seasons. And then he's also had we know he's had an injury bug. He's had one complete season in his in his career so far. Um, so that's another thing in the back background. So I still like Kittle. I still like the player. I think he's going to be plenty productive. He's obviously going to be a top half tight end one uh, unless he gets hurt again. Uh, I just would rather have players around him. So that's where really the risk comes for me is missing out on another uh, player that is just as good and is maybe in a little bit better of a situation. Yeah, so Kittle is actually down at tight end four in our ADP right now. We – we we've seen those guys th- those top four move around in in different orders uh throughout the offseason so he he could definitely be back up to uh to two or you know maybe even maybe even tight end one um in the next few weeks that wouldn't be a surprise uh, i'm with you and we've talked about it on here as we've done <clears throat> as we've done mock drafts or as we've looked through early round adp and and we all pretty much agree that kelsey and kittle are, are just not going to be targets for us uh, for, for different reasons in the second, third, fourth round of, of startup drafts. I'm wondering, guys, is Kittle is Kittle in that range where we're thinking about trying to move down the tight end rankings just a little bit if we can't make the Pitts deal and move up and things like that? Are we trying to move down to the Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, and get a little bit on top right now? Isn't that the play when it comes to Kittle if you got him on your roster and you're you're concerned about that risk? Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say that I actually forgot to add it during when I was talking about him was I think I would might rather have Hawkinson at this point. So if I can make a move down to Hawkinson because I, I again I think he's going to be the number one target in that offense, and I don't think we can necessarily say that for Kittle. It, it you know it's it, I think if you had to bet, the odds are probably that he is going to be the top option. Um, but I think it's a certainty that that Hawkinson is going to be that. So if I can pick up a pick or something, uh, another prospect on top of that, I'm I'm happy to make that move right now. We should. Just like you did, Ryan, with Ayuk, we, we can't just glaze over the, the upside when it comes to Kittle because he has shown that he can he's one of those freaks that can run that seam and make big plays and, and win you weeks. And we certainly want to recognize that. He's the kind of guy that we feel really good about putting in our tight end one spot in our lineup every single week if we have him on our roster uh, as long as he's healthy, which is a concern. So uh, Kittle is an excellent one to bring up here. I'm going to keep the theme going at tight end. I'm going to jump over to the New Orleans Saints, guys. Let's talk a little bit about Adam Troutman, a second-year guy who um, we all were okay investing in, I think it's fair to say, probably last year. Hold on to him for a year as Jared Cook played that role in New Orleans. And there's plenty of us in the dynasty space right now saying Troutman's a candidate to take off, to to jump into a big role, big pass-catching role in that offense, despite 
Drew Brees moving on into retirement. Troutman, uh, I mentioned Irv Smith earlier at tight end 13. Troutman just a couple spots behind him, uh, both among tight ends at tight end 15 and also in the overall at 133 overall. So another guy that we're, we're in that 10, 11, 12th round. We're thinking about the tight end. And he presents that upside. I think we talked about him last week or the week before as a guy that that if you already got that veteran on your roster or planning on getting that veteran in a startup, Troutman's the kind of guy that we like to pair with him. Now, paired with this news over the weekend of Michael Thomas. He had the surgery that we've all heard of. It's going to linger into the season, most likely, and Thomas will miss time. So, Matt, Troutman might qualify now as one of those guys that's that's at the top of the pecking order when it comes to pass catching as long as he has a nice camp and and all all the vibes are good coming out of new orleans troutman might be one of these guys with that that big time reward going into 2021 yeah i'm i'm probably buying (laughs) buying all of the the i guess hype that's going to come troutman's way uh, just because, again, he's going to be one of the top two options at worst, I think, while Michael Thomas is out. Uh, but, you know, he is a second-year player. He's from a small school. He's athletic and all that. But we also have an, a questionable quarterback situation. So there's definitely a way that this could not work out <laughs> for Troutman. Um, but I think I think right around that Irv Smith range where he, I think, is going right now, um, I mean, that's going to change. I think he's probably jumping up into the top ten, right? Um, but – uh, I don't know. I, I think I'm. St- I think I'm still in. It is definitely risky beca- because of all of the the uh, intangibles and stuff that are going on with that offense right now. But I think I'm willing to to pay the price right now. Yeah, looking at the the numbers that we have as of right now, it, it's an easy yes, right? Versus versus Cole Komet or or even Irv Smith, knowing what we know now. But he Troutman is kind of the the tight end version of Daryl Henderson, because based on this most recent news, if you're doing a startup draft today or tomorrow or, or next week, Troutman's going to be much higher than this, Matt, as you said, Uh, I I think we're looking more in that tight end eight, nine, like it's going to be a a decision of Goddard versus Troutman, not Cole Komet versus Troutman. So that's when, that's when the higher risk really comes into play and, and it becomes a tough decision. Um, at that point, I'm probably I'm probably staying away. I, it's it is it's a little scary to say that because he could be he could be the number one option on that team. But the the just the question of the questions at at quarterback, I'm I just I've I've got concerns that this Saints team is just going to fall like off the yeah, map completely. A, go ahead, man. No, I was just going to say at like tight end nine ten. I think I'm still comfortable, but higher than that um right. i think i'm out at that point like I, I think i think even right now today i would i would take i would if i could do it i would trade mike Gusecki straight up for him i right. would probably trade robert tanya straight up for him tanya right up for him uh yeah i'm good yeah. i'm good with those yeah, that was exactly the point i was gonna make you know mainly we're, we're excited about the potential opportunity and things like that but he's a complete unknown he's small school prospect didn't really get a lot of run last year in fact caught just 15 passes on the season and and wasn't on the field all that much. So, um, you know, when it comes to Troutman and I was, I was one of those guys that liked him coming into the draft and, and the draft capital was just fine as well. Um, I'm just, I'm I'm just concerned that if his price tag gets as high as you were mentioning there, Ryan, which I think is, is certainly plausible and could happen. um, I'd probably be out at that price as well. We we're all in this startup auction that you mentioned in the lead, there Matt and and he'll be an interesting guy to watch to see how that how he plays out how how people want to spend their money when it comes to Troutman and an offense that needs another pass catcher and could use an infusion of youth for sure we'll see if he he grabs the reins of that we'll see what the news says throughout the offseason uh let's try to fit one more in Matt do you have another name that's uh that's been in the news recently that maybe could be considered a high risk high reward player (laughs) Yeah, I think we talked about him a week or two ago, but Deshaun Watson, to me, obviously it's a little bit different than Jalen Hurts' situation and his risk, but I think he's the ultimate like boom-bust, risk, high-risk, high-reward player. He could never play another snap in the NFL. Uh, or he could be he could be the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, I guess, right? Uh, and he's a threat to finish as the quarterback one in any season. So 
I, I know the risk. The, the, the floor for Watson is absolutely zero. But I think at quarterback 14 prices in super flex leagues uh, and, you know, in the fourth round in that range, depending on how I've built my team through the first three rounds, he's someone I'm absolutely willing to take a risk on uh, at this point. I think I would still even I think I would still even it would have to be the exact right team in the right situation. But I think I would even be willing to still pay like a late first round pick for Watson at this point, if that's something uh, that you can pull off Uh, an early second. That's that's like an auto accept uh, for pretty much any team, I think. Uh, of mine, but uh, I mean, you can't. I mean, we, we, you, you guys all know the story. We don't need to rehash this. It's just he has the he has a quarterback one upside, or he has a floor of being out out of the league. Yeah, that's ultimate boom and bust, right? Yeah. We're we're yeah. <laughs> we're talking about the ideal guy when it comes to this, this this type of episode. If you're talking about names, I, I made my case for for wanting to stay away from Watson pretty clear a couple of weeks ago. I'm I'm a little bit more risk averse when it comes to these off the field things uh but i the more i've thought about it over the last couple weeks and especially in the last few hours since i I knew we were going to talk about deshaun watson the more i feel like there needs to be a line a clear line where you where you're willing to pay you're saying if you can give up a second round pick for deshaun watson you're absolutely doing it my price is probably a little bit lower than that um but You're at the same time, it. I recognize that upside that you mentioned that that wider that that run that quarterback one overall type of upside when it's tied to the rushing upside and and the big play upside and all those things. Even in a bad situation back in Houston, if that happens to to be what happens here, that feels like you you need to place a value on that player. You know, you you have to have a play, a spot. Uh, in the pecking order that you're willing to spend to add him to your roster. I need to do some more thinking on that. You know, your second round price tag, that that feels like, you know, for a player with that kind of upside, you should be willing to pay that price. So so maybe I need to come off my, my firm stance that I was probably staying away from Watson. Yeah, he's another one for me that I, I, and I think I said it when we talked about him a little while ago, that I just see a, a major difference in startup draft versus trade value. The trade value is way down. I'm with Matt. I would give any second rounder for him in a super flex league uh, easily, uh, not not even a question. Um, but in a startup draft to take him over uh, some of these established quarterbacks as well as some of the 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 young up-and-coming quarterbacks. I mean, Tua, Zach Wilson, uh, are guys being drafted behind him according to our ADP. Uh, I would I would not take him there. So I, I see a, a little bit of a disconnect between his current trade value and his current ADP. I think I think we ran out of time, guys. We we covered as many players as we could. <laughs> um, all really good examples of of risky guys to add to your roster that that offer that big time upside and and the potential high reward that we're looking for when it comes to to the trade market or even some of these guys in a startup auction or or startup draft. Any takeaways from this exercise, Ryan? Anything that you you come away thinking, oh, I, I hadn't thought about that before. I need to consider that in the future or, or even right now. Uh, just an, another thing that we talked about before we started recording. One thing I like to do really early in the offseason, as early as I can, is, is basically come up with a, a general take on every relevant player in Dynasty. And and sometimes as as generic as I think he's a buy or a sell or, you know, I'm drafting him or staying away, whatever. Um, and these are the players. These are some of the players that have been the toughest decisions uh, throughout this offseason. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm still not really there. I'm still not sure what I would do. And I, I guess when you're not sure, most often you, you end up yeah, staying well, away. Then, then you bring it to your buddies and start to talk to to them and hope they can clear it up. And we, we apparently didn't do a good enough job for you on those ones, Ryan, so I and, apologize and, and for that. And then you do a podcast about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about you, Matt? Anything for you? Um, I, th- I think, like Ryan said, just have uh, – uh, have have clarity on how you feel about these guys take a stance one way or the other and if your stance is that i don't that you don't know then don't then i think you have to boil it down to the price that you are willing uh you're comfortable paying for them i think that's really the ultimate goal when you're considering players like this is you know if you like that player cool
cool, but do you like the current price? Do you like the players that are going, you know, just after him or right, right around him? Could you, could you, you know, offload some of that risk by moving in a different direction for a player you like equally for either the same price or, or even cheaper? Um, and then just know yourself, like, are you a risk averse player like, like Dan? Are you somebody that if you, you know, if you take a player like Deshaun Watson and he goes in the fourth round and he goes to zero, are you going to be okay with that? Like me, you know, this is a, this is a, we have to remember this is a long-term game so that even if you make a mistake on a player like this, even if you have a, a player that you absolutely love and, and are willing to take him at any price, like, like Kyle Pitts, for example, um, and you fall on your face, uh, you either have to be, no, you know, you have to know that you're going to be okay with that or you're going to know that you're going to take it hard and just have a miserable season so know yourself know your own personality and and that's that's kind of how I play this game is I, I it's like an extension of how I feel about life and, and and myself in general and some some things I like to take risks on and some things I don't and and, and in a game like this that I love to play and I love to win in uh, and, and if I don't finish first I don't really care what place I finish in uh, then you know then take that risk but if not then maybe stay away yeah, well said. I like that a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm coming around for sure. I'm, you know, I, I like to take risk for sure as well. I, I just hate the unknowns. I think there's so many things that that we don't know with that off the field stuff that that I tend to stay away. I like to take my risk with players that have been on the field, are going to be on the field, and I've seen with my own eyes. I think the big takeaway for me guys from this episode. We're back together with Monkey Knife Fight. So all fall, all winter, when I'm staring at those Monkey Knife Fight rosters and stuff like that, I can say the reason is because I'm, I'm doing it for the pot, you know. Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys for listening, and we'll catch you again next week.